Hello and welcome to a special edition of, I'm going to call this the Warriors All-82 podcast because there's no Tim Kawakami, there's no Marcus Thompson. This feels old school, me and Sam Amick talking like we're coming back in the, after a game. But we did not just go to a game, Sam Amick. We just went to one of the more interesting press availabilities going on around the league. And there have been plenty of interesting ones early this season. Uh, but it was the aftermath of you know a practice incident that they're being relatively transparent about after we reported on it. Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole um, in a situation that they are adamant didn't come directly from, you know, the contract situation, which we will get to. But what are, Sam, is your, are you, kind of your first impressions of all of the three press conferences, Steve Kerr, Bob Myers, Steph Curry, that you just uh, witnessed? Well, Mr. Slater, I am uh, literally and figuratively along for the ride as I sit here in your uh, passenger seat of your car. You and Marcus and Shams obviously broke the story yesterday, did a great job on it. And then today, it's funny because we talked after all these press conferences and and transparency here, I told their PR staff that I I love the fact that there's probably not another team in the league that would so openly discuss this kind of situation. They didn't pull the curtain back all the way, but they certainly addressed the scope of it, the, the, the substance behind it, what it all means. I mean, my takeaways are this: I, I the Warriors, this this kind of roller coaster Draymond Green experience that's been happening for so long now. It's one of the most interesting things I've ever seen covering the league because you're talking about coming off a, a chip, another chip, where you got reminded why you need him so much, and then you also got reminded, you know, why his personality can be so challenging. And there was a lot of disappointment in the room today from Bob uh, with Steve, who was a lot more close to the vest it almost felt i would say terse i mean you can see it in steve's face steve is you know steve is like obviously the gregarious media guy but there are usually six times a year he comes into a press conference sometimes it's after a really bad loss or sometimes it's situations like this and you're like steve kerr's really pissed right now he looked pissed bob bob and steph to me were disappointed steph was pretty serious um you know he clearly indicated that draymond was in the wrong here that Jordan's, you know, involvement that, that essentially, for lack of a better way of putting it, that, that he was the victim in this situation and, you know, push back against the idea that Jordan had been kind of moving differently as he gets closer to a massive contract extension potentially here. You know, that was something that had been put out there that, you know, maybe he was kind of feeling himself too much. A lot of defense of Jordan on that front. Uh, and I told you before we jumped on the pod, it just boggles my mind that you know the Warriors they found a way to get through the Draymond Kevin Durant stuff and somehow get back to the top of the NBA mountain and it you know I I never would have imagined that something this serious would happen this soon but here they are and now they got to navigate something like this again yeah look there are and I believe them to be honest on the Bob Myers is saying he was told that it's like this was a normal like trash talking basketball argument that turned physical and it wasn't like you know and I even asked him directly about look the the Durant Draymond situation from back in the day part of what made that such a explosive situation was because they were discussing Durant's lack of commitment like what was said was more important than you know like there wasn't even any physical part of that whereas this one it was clearly they were upset about like the the punishment is coming over the physical part of Draymond punching Jordan Poole it sounds like you know it's not like Poole was making some 
you know, comment about the contract situations or whatever. But it is under the surface. I mean, we all understand that. And, you know, part of the reason I don't want to, like, obviously I did not foresee this happening seven days into camp. But part of what we laid out over the summer is, like, the, the realities of the situations ahead, situation ahead of uh, the Warriors in this camp with the fact that, you know, the younger generation led by Jordan Poole is on the rise and Jordan Poole is stepping into, you know, the, the lucrative payday that you were talking about. And and ownership and the front office have been pretty clear. I mean, even Joe Lacob in a podcast with Tim Kawakami saying the tax bill cannot get to a certain point. Then you do the simple math. You know who wants extensions right now, Draymond, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins. And it's like their finances are clashing against each other. So that is that is under the surface of this entire training camp. Obviously, the hero contract comes up. There's plenty of buzz out there about that means Jordan Poole's coming for a payday. It's clear Bob Myers has come out and said he's meeting with Jordan Poole's representatives. That feels like the closest to potentially happening. And that isn't at the heart of... It doesn't sound like... And again, I don't know. Like, Do, do you believe them in saying... I, I, I felt it was genuine that that wasn't the argument at hand in the moment but that's clearly under the surface i mean listen i don't have my psychology degree um i feel like bob is not an expert on this topic in terms of being a spokesman to answer that question because i think draymond's the only one who can answer that question and you know so honestly of, of the answers we got on that front i thought steph's was was probably the most on point because he did say that you need to ask Draymond that and indicated that he had not seen that. He did not sense that the contract stuff was, you know, all that much of a challenge for them. But where it, to me, where it gets complicated and, and tough because we can't read minds is that only Draymond knows that if it is in fact deep down inside bothering you that this organization that you have helped, you know, win four championships is not just you know, just running at the chance to give you as much money as possible as soon as possible with this extension, um, you know, and, and then meanwhile giving a, a lucrative deal to a young guy in Jordan Poole potentially, only he knows if that's eating at him. And, you know, that could change the way he moves with Jordan, the way he reacts to things in heated moments. There's really no way to unpack that unless Draymond himself is telling you what his thought process is. So as much as I respect and understand why you know Bob pushed back on that front I don't think we know the answer yet uh it's hard to to well I think you I think you articulated that well where I I kind of agree that that's very possible that that was at the heart of it but it was just more that it doesn't sound like that was the conversation at hand when you already said this but to the the Durant situation and I told you on the drive down to the bay that that was almost like the script if you were going to make a movie out of this Durant Draymond conflict, the the actual dialogue when they argued, it would be the way you would write it because they actually talked about how man we won championships without you we don't need you here and they really addressed the macro in this micro moment if that makes sense yeah th- that was not the case here this was just chirping this was just you know guys getting into it which does happen in basketball and again only Draymond knows. If he's just looking at Jordan a little differently these days because of the, uh, the the context here, yeah, and I wouldn't necessarily say Jordan Poole has been acting differently in camp. Jordan Poole's been Jordan Poole. I mean, yeah. you met Jordan Poole as a rookie. You yeah. met Jordan Poole as a second year player. I mean, he's taking step back threes when he's shooting twenty percent from three. I mean, he came into the league believing this is what he would become. <laughs> uh, well, even yeah. when when the fan base didn't at times, front office coaching staff very much doubted it. I mean, like this is who he is now. The the context is 
he's about to, you know, he was making this season even, he's making 3.1 million. He's about to take a chunk of a payday that might impact those around him. And, but that's the reality of the NBA. Like these situations come about all the time. They do. And, and I mean, you know, since the beginning of pro sports, contract negotiations have been getting in the way of team chemistry. So that storyline is not new. I also wonder, cause you were there, you know, that, that one semi viral moment in Japan when Clay Thompson in a very good mood talking about the three point contest, Jordan Poole comes over as Clay is kind of ribbing him about, you know, take that LJP. Um, yeah, and then as Jordan walks up, and again, it was all really good natured, but the idea that Clay, you know, his punchline, his joke was, you know, Jordan coming for y'all's job too, talking to the media, you know, it kind of told you the, the mood of the moment. And again, that's not unique. This is a young dude who's really good, and this is part of sports, is that he is coming, you know, whether you like it or not, he's talented. And, you know, again, it all goes back well, to Draymond. He's going to talk at some point, and, you know, and hopefully, you know, like he often is, he's open and transparent and can tell people where his head was at, and we'll see where this thing goes. Yeah, and I guess I should give, like, some more details on that he was he, he came in this morning apologized to the team Jordan Poole's in the room Jordan Poole practices Draymond Green leaves not gonna be at the facility tomorrow they're not practicing as a team on Friday Steve Kerr said he expects Draymond back on Saturday uh, does not sound like a suspension is coming uh, I mean they, Bob Myers would not reveal uh, the exact punishment but the fact that he's like he doesn't expect him to miss any games I think you asked that specifically um Monetary sounds like what it'll probably be, uh, I guess, the punishment. And also, like, the biggest thing, more than, like, you know, whatever, the I believe the maximum fine is uh, 50K, I think you can give a player. To me, the biggest thing he faces ahead of him punishment-wise is, like, earning the trust of a team whose veterans are somewhat back, backing the rookie, or the rookie, but backing Poole in this situation. Not not saying, like, you know, Draymond has, has done something that is, like, irredeemable, but Steph made it pretty clear today, I you know, and he had a firm, I thought it was a firm press conference from him saying, like, what happened yesterday can't happen, basically. JP's been great. This is not, like, this was not warranted. I believe the word he used was warranted. He said, you know, it, he doesn't believe it'll derail his season. He expects that season to include, you know, a, a bot in Draymond Green. But they're back in pool. And, like, obviously Draymond just doesn't have to earn pool's trust back. There's other people whose trust he has to earn back. Yeah, and that's where this is a new layer to this dynamic that we've never seen. Because if we're being honest about the Durant situation, like, there was a lot of folks in the building when that went down that while they did think Draymond went overboard – you know, they were not necessarily at the time feeling Kevin's vibe and feeling the way that Kevin had handled his contract stuff. And I think you might have had more of a split room at that time, or at least more of an understanding of everything that led to Draymond deciding to speak his truth to Durant. This to me is different. This is like, you got to be kidding me. We've gotten through all this together. We won the championship, trying to build momentum. You've got to be kidding me that you're going to get into a fight with Jordan and, and punch him during practice. I, you don't, so far, we're not hearing from anybody that seems the slightest bit, you know, sympathetic to, to what Draymond did. You know, and again, we're seven, ten days into camp. They're the favorites, you know. I mean, like, you know, very slight favorites, you'd probably say. But this is a team that very much believes, like, we're loaded. Championship is ahead of us. But also understanding, again, with the, you know, locker room dynamics, contract dynamics at play, that it is, you know, it's a ship that needs to be guided very carefully going into the season. And 
you did wonder, you know, what type of comments would be made at media day. And, you know, they handled media day well. You know, Jordan Poole kind of shoved the conversation to the side. Draymond Green came out and, like, felt pretty honestly. He was like, look, it's just, like, I don't think my extension's happening. And it felt like a move move on. I don't need to even talk about this anymore type thing. And, you know, we had a podcast the day, you know, a couple mornings ago. And it I, all I'd heard is how great Draymond had been, you know, as a leader early in camp, playing well, uh, was really bringing energy to the building, was mentoring some of the young guys. Like, all the, uh, I guess, reports behind the scenes were very good. And then this happens, and I do think you could feel the level of frustration from Steph. Like, this early into camp, we're already dealing with this. Like, this isn't even just, like, they're on a, they've lost four or five, and the tension is building, and it's midseason, and they're struggling on the court. Like, this is typically, like, the happiest time of year around good teams, right? It is kind of crazy. And I know that we are always understandably quick to say this is sports, it's a man's game, this happens. There is truth in that. The more I chew on this list later, there's part of me that's like, man, you know, Draymond and Durant, it's just the optics of it are different, right? Like two stars, got some history, more similar in age. This one just feels like it's damn near just a good old-fashioned, inappropriate workplace incident. You know what I mean? Like the optics of, of, I mean, Draymond's supposed to be the grown man here. He's supposed to be the guy who is a leader on this team. And you know, I'll I'll temper this a little bit by saying I don't know exactly what Jordan said, if anything. I don't know if there's going to be some other information that we get to where you at least understand what triggered Draymond. But as we sit here today, I just you know, looking at Draymond as a guy who has shared his story so openly, who's grown as a you know as a husband, as a father, and all these things. I, I don't know. Just shooting straight, you look at it like there's just no excuse. You can't, you know. Jordan is the quote-unquote kid on the team. I know he's about to run into a bag, well-deserved. He's a prominent member of their team. But and look, he is, and I'm sure he's feeling himself. Yes, and I'm sure Jordan is feeling himself more than ever, you know, because in a lot of ways he's earned the ability to feel himself more than ever. All that he believed he would become, he is becoming, and he's going to get paid for it. And I'm sure they're like, you know, he w- before the three-point contest that you're mentioning, he was kind of chirping at Stephen Clay, like, look, I'm about to beat you in your own game, basically. Hey, two best shooters ever, here I come. Get ready for me to win this three-point contest with Moses Moody. He lost it. Clay Thompson's first reaction after he beats them in the three-point contest is to go basically give Jordan Poole a wedging. And then he does have the comment, which was funny. You know, look, I wanted to humble Jordan Poole. And Draymond goes on his podcast uh, when he gets back from Japan and, like, kind of reiterates that like yeah it was great to see you know clay humble jordan pool a little bit which is all understandable team dynamics i even wrote at the time out in japan it felt healthy right, right it felt right. like healthy competition like not ignoring the dynamics at play but then clearly it just like boiled over and like you know again draymond and but that's and, not enough like wanting to humble him doesn't come remotely close to justifying what we now know happened at practice because and this is a weird parallel i'm going to try to make the combination of the age, which I do think it matters that Draymond should to a degree be the grown-up in the room, and just a good old-fashioned physical difference between the two guys. Slater, this is not young Ron Artest coming for the head of some veteran, but as a guy who's wildly physical and could beat the hell out of whoever he wanted to. Jordan Poole is not a threat to Draymond Green physically, so that's where I remain confused in terms of, you know, in, on what planet is Draymond looking at this going, yeah, this is the moment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to nail him. I'm going to sock him. Like, I, I just – it still doesn't add up. Yeah. 
and it's created. Is that fair? I mean, Jordan's not, not trying to throw shade at Jordan's physique, but he's a he's a he's a slight wing guard, you know. Yeah, and younger, yeah. and you know, it's really been big brother, little brother, um, you know, since Jordan got here, and like you know, Draymond's told stories of. You know, the Michigan kid coming in and already, or Michigan, uh, yeah, Michigan kid coming in early and already kind of chirping at the Michigan State, you know, older guy and how, you know, and this was said in a, in a glowing way, you know, in retrospect, looking back at Jordan's growth, but like, yeah, this kid was like, you know, pick up game one when he stepped in the building was kind of going at me. And like, there's, there's an annoying nature to Jordan, I'm sure. Um, but what, what you're saying is correct. Like typically in, in these type of situations, You'd expect kind of the younger, less mature guy to have ma- have taken it over the line, and that's not the case in this scenario. And it is why it's Draymond Green apologizing this morning in practice, and, and it's not a combo apology for the situation. Like they are very well. I'm still. I would love to learn more about. I mean, Steph. I think. Did you ask him about how the apology landed? Yeah, I did. And I, he, he. I mean, I don't know whether you think he essentially just kind of pleaded the fifth or if that was in you know his non-response was indicative of maybe the apology not landing because he really didn't offer much he basically was like you'd have to ask every single player how they heard it and he said it's i believe he was like in especially jordan how he heard it um which you know i think that's a fair thing from from steph to say uh i don't know i mean I was I don't want to say I was surprised by Steph's tone today, but he took a more serious like I said like firm stance that like Draymond was in the wrong. This isn't like a complicated like you said sports situation where you media members don't understand the internal dynamics. It was more like no, big mistake was made here. You know, trust needs to be built back up. Months after, like, the pinnacle moment of this dynasty, right? The, the, yeah. the winning the title. Well, and that's where we don't have the answer to this, but, but my focus partly is on, you know, what, how much of this baggage are they going to carry forward with them? Can they actually move through it? Obviously, you know, it doesn't seem like Draymond's extension is going to get done, so is he opting in this summer? Is there any chance, depending on how the rest of the season goes, that – we look back on this moment like we did with Durant and the Clippers game as the beginning of the end. You know, again, those are conversations for another day, but uh, it does feel like, you know, the, the possible ripple effect is there. Yeah, and a f- I think, you know, a few times today, one of the people at the podium mentioned, like, well, Draymond will have to answer that, or, you know, we'll, I do think there's a the next big moment in, within this is Draymond Green's next press conference or potentially a podcast, but sounds like maybe after Saturday's practice, which Steve Kerr sounded like he'd be back with the team on Saturday. So, like, what, is there is there a really deep level of co- contrite within that, or is it just, like, brushing it off? I mean, that's – and Draymond, as he has said plenty of times over the years, like, he's very uh, calculated in his messaging, right? He says – he's like, he never says something – like, he knows – what he says and how it'll land and blah 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 so he's gonna spend the next couple days deciding how he wants to message this out and that's very important jordan Poole's going to be watching what he says everyone all the entire team is how much does his messaging truly matter anymore is something i want to throw your direction like because he's such a masterful communicator but there's part of me and you know for anybody who i mean i guess i'm you know, doesn't know my background at all. I, I covered Ron 
in Sacramento, our test for years and remained, you know, pretty closely tied with him with the Lakers and feel like in, in terms of like, you know, guys who were known as hotheads, you know, that was kind of my preeminent example. And with Ron, the time came when the messaging didn't matter anymore. You kind of just, it was more, it was actions first. Where's his head at? How's he feeling? And, and can whatever team he's on get through months, get through a season without something happening in practice that would set them all back. That became the, really the only thing that mattered. And, and those are, it's a very imperfect comparison because Draymond and Ron couldn't be any more different personality-wise as far as they're kind of the way they carry themselves. But, like, I think with Draymond, I wonder now, like, does it, I mean, if he gives an authentic, genuine, heartfelt podcast, you know, kind of message to the world, how much does that matter? Because it, it's really like, all right, but next time somebody pisses you off, like, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, certainly. I mean, like, it uh, it's kind of sits under the surface, like, you know, and a few times a year, it's when, you know, he'll get ejected in a game he shouldn't get ejected in. And, um, you know, there's a moment with Steve on the sideline. Or remember with Steve a few years ago, the, the cameras caught him just at the right time where it was obvious he was saying, I'm so bleeping tired of him. And then that was kind of a thing for a few days. And there's there's like five of these a year typically. But I do think the record was just broken about how early in the year number one uh, happened. And this is a big one, clearly. And like to me, to me, it's just mostly the the ramifications of this are mostly him and, and Poole's relationship. Like, I think everyone else, you know, particularly the guys that have been around are like, look, we're just got to guide the ship through this situation as we've done a bunch of times over the years. But Poole and, Poole and Draymond were, were close, you know. Like I said, it was a little big brother, little brothery. But, um, you know, last year when Steph was out for a month, like Poole exploded and part of his explosion was like him and Draymond really creating like this synergy that felt a little Steph Draymond with like hit handbacks, all that. And like, you know, Draymond was very complimentary of the way he was at least trying more defensively. And um, I think Poole has really earned the trust of the veterans and did in the playoffs, you know, with the way he at least competed, played, helped them win a title. Like they don't win a title without Draymond, but they also kind of don't win a title without Jordan Poole either. Um, So just can that get back to where it was? And again, we do not know the answer. We don't know the answer to much of the stuff we're talking about today because it's it's to be seen. Do you kind of my last thought here is do you have any updated feeling on the question of, you know, what about the ripple effect with Jordan and his contract? Because, you know, you already had this landscape where, you know, even without the incident, the question of does Jordan Poole want to be a complimentary player for the next several years, even if it's at a really good contract number, uh, and, and be part of this group. I mean, do you think? And I know we're you know we're still trying to gather information, but that this could be the kind of thing where Jordan looks in the mirror and says, "I don't know if I want to play with this dude long term." I mean, look again. My sense is that he, if the price is right, he will sign an extension. That's my sense. And again, like you know, DeAndre Ayton is with the Suns now, and. It, it, everything's all fine i mean not to i'm not even trying to compare those that. <laughs> yeah that he's with the sense now you're, yeah you're, i didn't even mean to oh yes 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 um i just if the price is right i expect him to sign i think he likes it here i think look the brand of the warriors winning like jordan Poole likes winning jordan Poole, uh you know was a winner in college winner in high school um shown to be he could be part of a winning nba environment i i do not think his eyes are wandering Maybe down the line, years from now, if like there is some type of split up, 
maybe he will reveal that this was a this was a pivotal situation. It is obviously way too early to know that. But like you said, to your question, no, I I, I think contract negotiations go on as assumed, and the Warriors have a price to meet that it might be difficult for them to swallow, but that has nothing to do with the situation yesterday. That has more to do with how well Poole's played and the Tyler Hero contract kind of set in that market. So, uh, yeah, that I'll, I'll leave it there, though, Sam. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, next time I talk to you, we'll probably be, it'll probably be post-game. We can talk a little basketball. Remember Steph at the end of his presser today? He's like, y- y'all don't want to ask a question about practice? We, we scrimmaged today. You know, some people played good, some didn't. You, you don't care. I told you, I, I had a complex all day long because people thought that I came to Warriors Media just because of the controversy. I, I, I keep giving everyone my disclaimer. I was coming anyway. It just happened to be on an incredibly interesting day. I was going down trying to say hello to Ron Adams and, and sidle up with Steve Kerr and check in with Steph. I did not know that I'd be, you know, covering Tyson Holyfield Part 3. <laughs> Convenient timing, Sam Amick. Convenient timing. All right. Uh, We will talk to you next week. Omaha! Omaha!